0: Welcome Pewter Report readers and listeners too. another edition of the Pewter Nation podcast. haven't done this in a long time. Like, you know. Yeah, you even forgot the name. What did I call it? Did I call it Pewter Nation?
1: The former podcast name.
2: The podcast formerly known as the Pewter Nation podcast.
0: Well, now it's just the Pewter Report podcast. Sorry about that. Exactly right. My mistake. Um, Clearly, we are the looks of the operation. Scott and John have been suspended um until tomorrow i think they'll be back tomorrow there's something in your lap uh taylor not yeah sure i wanted to give is. dewey
2: some air time i did it for the wow. cats
0: i promised him one appearance <laughs> matt can we go and just delete him out of the stream uh yeah we're not doing a pet podcast all right dewey you're on Matt up. does another pet podcast but we'll talk about that another day
1: anyway i'm actually
0: yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk about it another day we'll, we'll share some of the other endeavors that you do uh we're going to talk about on this podcast obviously we're going to talk for agency as that's kind of the big thing that's coming up i know that scott and john have been previewing position by position and things like that we've started our uh pewter report previews and our best bets we'll talk about that some but mainly what we want to do is we want to answer your questions we just want to have a discussion this is kind of an open dialogue podcast today so whatever you guys have on your minds. Send your questions in now, and we'll be happy to answer them If we don't know the answer, we will make something up that sounds fairly reasonable. But anyway, and guys, just to let everybody know, of course, as always, our good friends at Celsius is the title sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. And uh, we've all got our Celsius here, except Matt. Matt's got his too. What home to before every pod? Well, you guys both have pink cans. Why don't I have that?
2: Strawberry dragon fruit. No, yet.
0: Yeah,
1: First time
2: having my favorite. favorite
0: delicious. Very good. Well, let's take a quick look at our sponsor, Celsius, and we'll be back to talk. Free agency and answer all of your questions on the Pewter Report podcast. take my headphones out when that commercial comes on uh it, it's when it's i love it, it's good when i listen to it back on you know when i download it because i get the pew report podcast downloaded to my phone through itunes um and i like to listen back to them especially if i haven't been on them um the, the volume is good but just in our earphones on this anyway maybe it's just mine maybe it maybe it's not but anyway uh celsius of course um a great sponsor of the pew report podcast Multiple flavors. You guys have all of your favorites. I'm just an orange guy. I mean, that's what I That's what I dig, and that's what I've been drinking lately. In fact, that's what I have here right now, and I'm going to pop it open. Oh, and have a sip live on the air. There we go. How is it? All over my mustache, but delicious, and the best thing about it is, Look, I, I used to like sodas. It was my m- one of my guilty pleasures in life. Doctor told me, no more sodas, Mr. Cook, especially things with sugar. So Celsius has been a great replacement. If you're one uh, of an old guy like me, that the doctor says you need to cut down on your sugar to watch your health and things like that. Celsius uh, is a great alternative because it's going to give you that kick, that caffeine that you're used to. I'm not a coffee drinker, so, you know, I would use a, a, a soda to kind of be my coffee. But anyway, Celsius gives you that without all of the bad stuff in it. There's not any phosphoric acid in a Celsius. You can't pour Celsius on your battery terminal in your car and eat the corrosion off of it if it doesn't start. That's, Zero uh, that's what That's what you can do with, uh, with dark cola. So anyway, great product. Check it out. You can go to Amazon. You can order the um, the multiple flavor packs if you're not sure which flavor you like. I've seen them uh, at Publix. I was at Wawa recently in line, saw them there. Uh, they're all throughout the Tampa Bay area, really throughout the nation. Scott was in Kansas visiting his daughter a couple weeks ago and, uh, and found Celsius. So anyway, wherever you are, check it out if you can't find it. In your local store, you can certainly go to Amazon. We've got banners up. You can purchase the Celsius Direct and um, and get a great deal on Celsius. Anyway, fellas, let's talk some football because that's what people care about. Um, they care about Celsius too. But let's talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, we've started our free agency previews. We started with quarterbacks and running backs um, earlier this week. And um, we've got the offensive line just came up today, Taylor. People, and again, we just published that about 30 minutes ago. So people may not know, um, you know, what our thoughts were on the offensive line. And again, Scott and John have touched on on the positions. And and we'll continue to do that between now and when the free agency kicks off um, officially on the 15th with the legal tampering period. And then the 17th at four o'clock when the doors open for teams to sign uh, players. But just briefly. Uh, Taylor, talk a little bit about the offensive line, some of your impressions, some of the guys that are free agents. And um, and, and let's talk about that best bet that you came up with or that we came up with as a group when we were trying to figure out exactly, um, you know, who might be a best bet for the Buccaneers to sign if they are going to add an additional offensive lineman. And I think we all think that they will. We saw them with AQ Shipley last year, also Joe Haig. Uh both those guys probably gone. Hague maybe not so much he could be brought back as that extra offensive tackle slash tight end slash you know come in in this pinch situation um Shipley's done because of an injury he's probably going to be on this coaching staff but sorry go ahead and talk a little bit Taylor about your preview and we've got some questions rolling in just a reminder this is a Q&A for the listeners, so make sure you get your questions in um you don't even have to super chat you can't super chat we'd love the donation but you don't even have to we're going to try and get to as many of your questions as possible over the next 40 minutes but anyway Taylor go ahead
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucs are really lucky heading into 2021. All of their five starting offensive linemen are under contract. So the only free agents, and people might not realize this, I don't know how they feel about the performance in 2019. I think we all saw a much improved offensive line, and that wasn't just the addition of uh, Tristan Wirfs, who in his own right as a rookie immediately proved that he's one of the premier tackles in the league already, played 20 games for the Bucs, started them all, on the way to a Super Bowl victory in year one. What a ride for him it's been. You For the last, really, 40 years, getting drafted by the Bucks was not the best day of your life other than the fact that you were being drafted. But all five of those starters are under contract. The only free agents they have are all depth pieces. That's Joe Haig, that's AQ Shipley, as you mentioned. That's Josh Wells, and that's Aaron Stinney. Now, the interesting part about this is, largely, for, for the majority of the season, AQ, or uh Uh, Aaron Stinney was not even an active player, so -hmm. when you look back at what they have to replace, it's not much. If they bring back Haig, if they bring back Stinney, if they bring back Wells, now I think Stinney—he's the only restricted free agent of the group—that gives him or that gives the Bucks a lot of freedom to bring him back. I think he has more than earned a spot to be back. Coming out of James Madison, I think it was coming in, stepping in, and playing phenomenally over the last three games of the season. In route to a Bucs Super Bowl victory. I like to think Josh Wells will probably be back. He probably won't be overly expensive. You know that uh, Bruce Arians likes to keep his guys. He's had two years in this offense. He made two starts in 2019, one start this year. I think he will probably be back and remain that start uh, spot starter at tackle. I think Stinney will probably be back, be that um, spot starter at guard. And then even A.Q. Shipley. Even A.Q. Shipley is going to come back despite – a season-ending injury, he's probably going to come back on the coaching staff. So I think Haig is really the one guy that might be the odd man out. But even then, we saw him struggle at guard. But as long as Stinney's healthy, he can step in. Haig still played 72 snaps at tight end when they move into that jumbo package. Bruce Arians loves to do that. So I think he might be the least likely of those three to come back. He still probably comes back. And the only probably big shakeup we could see, and I still think it's a long shot, we've probably talked about it before on the podcast, is releasing Donovan Smith. He's due $14.25 million next year. The Bucs can get out from under that with no dead cap penalty. But again, you're not going to cut him. Not it's happening. so hard to find. No I know that's been a conversation. It's One, the Bucs are still in win now mode. If they were rebuilding, maybe that's an option. But again, they're looking. They don't know how long they have Tom Brady. Only guaranteed for the next season. They're going into win now mode, capable and above. I don't care what you think about Donovan Smith. I know a lot of people have come around on him this past season. It is hard to find a capable, average and better tackle on the free agent market. It's not going to happen at left tackle. So yeah, that's we, the I, only made could happen, and we all agree it's probably not going to.
0: No, and and we've got a question real quick. Has has Stinny had any training at center? I don't know that he has for sure, but I would certainly expect all the guards. Um, you know, have had some training at center because it's you know a position they're semi-familiar with. Their build, their 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 athletic ability fits more than say you know going out to tackle. In other words, or a tackle coming mm-hmm. in to play guard. Um, it's more closely you know intertwined. Uh, again, I don't know for sure that he's done that, but it would make sense because the Buccaneers are limited at the center position. There's just really not anybody that they know that they could count on behind. Ryan Jensen, and then they certainly don't want to be in a situation where if Jensen were to go down with an injury next year, do they have to move uh, Ali Marpet over? Ali is just a, a very dominant uh, left guard right now in the NFL, and they don't want to disrupt right. that at all. So um, I, I think certainly, and in, in, in John and I, we were all discussing it last night on the group chat that um, you know they'll, they're going to probably find yeah. um, a center out there. Now the guy that we picked, I don't know that they're going to be able to afford. He's, he 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 fits the mold um David Andrews former patriot snapped the ball to Tom Brady two-time super bowl winner um you know he he may command a lot more money than people people are thinking right now i mean there's some guys out there that are average centers that that's uh, spot track and some of these other yeah. services are estimating are going to get between 8 and 10 million dollars i mean that's that's Ryan Jensen money out there for some yeah. of these free agent centers so <laughs> um you know i don't know that they can afford him but here's an opportunity where the Brady effect could affect free agency as well maybe a guy like andrews can't wait to be back here and be in and, and make another run for a super bowl um it just depends on what kind of offers he has out there uh but he certainly could, probably could, he's going to command a lot more money than, than aq yeah. shipley did when the buccaneers brought him in um late in in, i guess training camp last year there wasn't a preseason um so so andrews is our guy that we have as the best bet certainly we could have easily just said stenny right because i mean that's a no-brainer he's coming back restricted free agent buccaneers hold all the cards he'll be back and played very very well in those three games that he was able to play in the playoffs um but uh but but we had to we we went out on a limb a little bit and went with andrews
1: matt yeah i just want to comment real quick just Listen, depth is important at every position in football. But I mean, you look back at last season, and the depth on the offensive line was so crucial to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We yeah. already highlighted what Stinney did in the postseason. When Ronald Jones had that 98 yard touchdown run against Carolina, that was with A.Q. Shipley in the lineup. I mean, Haig almost had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah. I think Warner, from home, being a hero. Yeah, right. That would have been quite the story storyline ending right there, and um, as you said before too, Taylor, he also played a lot, you know, in that that extra blocker lining up next to the tight end. So more than any other position, offensive line cannot be overlooked when it comes to the depth. Because on the flip side of it too, in that Super Bowl, the Bucks playing the Chiefs, the Chiefs were cocky and thought, oh, yeah. we can get away with having two backup tackles, and then we saw yeah. how the Bucks' defensive line absolutely annihilated the offensive line. So well, in in, a, in games
0: think in games that the Buccaneers lost this year, I mean, I'm I'm thinking particularly of that Saints game on Sunday Night Football. That offensive line was was a mash unit. That I mean, they had guys all over the place um, because of injuries. So you know, it, certainly when they have their five guys starting, um, they were the seventh ranked. I guess PFF had them as the seventh best. Um, unit was it 7th best last year taylor i know that it was in your preview it was 7th best after 2019 5th best okay. per pff
2: year. yeah last year
0: yeah and and i think that's i think that's fair i think they played particularly well when especially after the bye week i think things really came together for these guys yeah. and I, and i've mentioned mm-hmm. it on the podcast before and and even in the bucks Mendy mailbag that um i think we really got to tip our hat to harold goodwin and and joe gilbert who did a tremendous job i mean for whatever reason George uh, Warhop couldn't get these guys playing as well as 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 Goodwin and um, and Gilbert did over the last two years. Now, last year, while they were ranked a little bit higher than I think the eye test says, um, you know they weren't really a cohesive unit completely last year. But this year, they really came together. And and, and again, a lot of that is is you don't want to be the guy that gets Tom Brady killed. I mean, you just don't. I mean, you don't want Jameis Winston hurt. You don't want Mike Glennon hurt. You don't want Josh McCown hurt. But you really, really don't want to be the guy that gives up a sack that knocks Tom Brady out for the entire season. So um, I think he elevated the play of that offensive line to a degree just based on the fact that they don't want to be the the, uh, the weak link on that unit, and everybody kind of stepped up their game. Um, speaking of offensive line, and, and we'll get to your question real quick here, Kevin, in just a second, I actually had lunch yesterday with DeMar Dotson, former Buccaneer, of course, ended up getting cut. Uh, you talk about – now, you know, we all talked about Levante David and Mike Evans and Will Golston being these longtime yeah, Buccaneers was- and – and finally, getting a ring, Man, what a bummer for um a guy like Demar Dotson. I go back to that two thousand and two Super Bowl for the Buccaneers when work done leaves that year. Dave Moore leaves for a year, comes back to the Buccaneers. But both those guys were were valuable contributors to the Buccaneers um, and, and part of playoff teams, but but never got that Super Bowl ring. And I hate it for Demar Dotson, uh, who's actually going to be a guest on the Pewter Report podcast in the next couple weeks. And he's got some very interesting th- things to say about the Denver Broncos. But one thing I do want to say that he brought up to me yesterday that, that we can talk about now is um, – He he loves Tristan Wirfs. You wonder, you know, it's got to you know eat at him a little bit, right? The team decides he's you know not needed anymore. We're gonna go draft a young kid. Uh, But Demar is a classy guy, and he told me he watched the first game that the Buccaneers played this season against the Saints, and he saw Tristan Wirfs go up against Cam Jordan and some guys, and he said, right then he knew this guy was gonna be special. He said, man, he's just he's got a great base. He's extremely athletic. I mean, all of those traits popped on the screen to DeMar Dotson, who didn't know anything about Tristan Wirfs before that game. Uh, and and Tristan Wirfs proved to be the most dependable offensive lineman, really, across the yeah. board as a rookie, starting every snap, or playing every snap the entire offensive season and, and giving up just one sack uh, all year, which is, you know, DeMar was just blown away. He says, that's that's so hard to do, and to do it as a rookie without the training camp that he had was uh, was a more even more impressive, DeMar said. But we're going to have DeMar Dotson on the podcast. And I think that really speaks to your
2: point um, about Joe Gilbert and Harold Goodwin and how yeah. much – now, I can't remember – I, I want to say I, – I have trouble even saying. I think it was Ali Marpet that I spoke to, but I don't want to say a name to this quote. But early in you the 2020 did. season, I just I don't want to say – it was. It, I guarantee it came from Ali Marpet. I don't remember who exactly I spoke to. Um, early in the 2020 season, when I had noticed how much more duo blocking and zone blocking they were doing under Arian's offense, and I went to one of them and I said, "What's been the biggest difference in this playbook?" And they said that coming from George Warhop to this coaching staff, the playbook and what the offensive linemen are asked to do has shrunk. I mean, just so much. He goes, "The playbook." What we are asked to do is so much smaller. And I think that one, like we said, continuity, it's easier. And I think that's a huge assistance. I mean, Tristan Wurfs came in and he said that at Iowa, he didn't have a lot of vertical pass sets. Coming into Tampa, that was that's a lot of what they do. So on top of learning all of this, you're coming into the league. It's brand new. You don't have a training camp. When you come into a coaching staff that is going to say, this is what we do. We're going to make it simple for you we're going to make this unit do what they do best and not ask them to do a million different things half but
0: that's i think a huge assistance for him coming in. No, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about it. And you know, you you can't overlook the fact that he's just a talented guy. I mean, he's just an athletic guy that that has all the skill sets that you want in a tackle. Now, I've mentioned it before. I remember before the season started when he was kind of a you know, I'm not really a violent guy and I don't really get angry and things like that. And I I just put my hand on my head and said, no, no, no. I like the Ryan Jensen. Let's go, you know, Mm -hmm. get in a fist fight between plays. And that's just not Tristan Wirfs. But I was wrong. I mean, you can be a nice guy off the field and be one hell of an offensive lineman. When we saw that. And, you know, we just mentioned DeMar Dodson. He was like that. DeMar Dodson, you're not going to find a nicer guy.
1: uh, Yeah, I didn't say like Ali Marpet too. Ali Marpet's another guy that's very nice. He's soft-spoken, nice. Right it's all about like switching that gear and not yes. everyone can do it. Not everyone can flip the switch. Mm-hmm. I think like a Kinsu is a guy like that too. Cause you see him off the field and he's like kind of soft spoken and very easygoing stuff like that. And then on the field, obviously he dominates from the interior defensive line. So some people, some athletes are just really able to have it. It's quite a fascinating study when you look into like, you know, the mental psyche of players and things like that. But yeah, Worst is obviously a guy that that's able to, uh, he's, Putting on a good name for uh, the "quote unquote" nice guys in the NFL.
0: Yeah, for sure. If the Bucks had to choose between Smith and Jensen for 2022 for an extension, who would they pick? Um, I I would not be shocked to see the Buccaneers extend Demar. Do- I mean, not Demar. Uh, uh Donovan Smith. Donovan. To, no, you know, this year. I, I mean, I think that. Look, I I know, and I've said this before, again on the podcast, and and even written it that this this organization thinks a lot higher of donovan smith than a lot of the media do and particularly the fans do um you know they thought a lot of him when they resigned him 3 years ago to that extension or 2 years ago whatever it was and um and they still think very highly of him and when you start looking at a team that wants more cap room to bring guys back sometimes adding these extensions um or or offering guys extensions on their contract pushes money around a little bit that opens up cap money for this particular year. So it could be a win-win for the Buccaneers where they could lock Donovan Smith up. And look, the price of left tackles is only going to go up, and it's going to go yes. up tremendously next year when that salary cap makes that big jump. If this, is, you know, this might be the year to do it. Now, Donovan's agent may be saying, there's no way in hell we're going to do it this year. We're going to play this thing out, and we're going to break the bank because he absolutely, yeah. as a free agent, if he were to make it a free agency, whether we think he's a top five guy he's going to get top five money out on the free agent market so it wouldn't shock me to see um the Buccaneers trying to extend him this year Jensen I, I don't know I, I don't I don't I mean they could they could at least rework his deal a little bit um yeah add, add 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 some more time on there too to save some money I'm not sure what they're going to do there um it's been pretty quiet to be honest with you um with our with our sources part of that obviously is is the fact that we we can't go have uh, uh a secret lunch with these guys we can't you know we're not going to bump into them at the halls at one buccaneer place right i mean yeah you know it's it's tough right now we're not sitting it, down it, in mobile that's another thing you know we're not we're not having these little scoop sessions and things like that to get stuff off the record uh but but we're digging that's for sure aunt cam i'm not sure what that means but man we appreciate you a fifty dollar Super chat, Absolutely. Is that right? Is that what I'm reading? Fire $50. Cannon. That's correct. Man, that's huge, dude. We really, really appreciate that. And and I agree. Let's fire those cannons again another year because it was a heck of a fun ride uh, to see those cannons finally fire at the end of the Super Bowl. They didn't fire during the game, uh, but they did fire. Um, after the game so let's see that happen again but thank you for that do- donation ray liotta didn't realize that uh, the famous hollywood actor was a buccaneer fan but it's good to see that ray thank you think we will Love go after? <laughs> great movie uh think we go after van noy if we lose shaq barrett they'll go after somebody if they lose shaq barrett i don't know who it's going to be i don't even know what kind of money that van noy might command but uh but guys you know they've got to have a contingency plan. If um, if Shaq yeah. ends up walking because he's not going to be the tag guy this year, I don't think. I mean, I think we all agree. Chris Godwin makes the most sense for this team to be tagged um, and and Shaq's going to be out there um, again. The only good news for the Buccaneers is teams, there's not a ton of teams with a lot of money to spend. The Buccaneers, who we're talking about trying to create more money to keep guys, have the seventh or the sixth most cap room heading into free agency this year. So, um, But there's a lot of teams, obviously there's there's a ton of teams worse off than the Buccaneers, so there's not a ton of money floating around out there where Shaq Barrett who said he would like to break the bank is maybe going to break the bank but we'll just kind of see what happens. I've said this and and I don't know what you guys think about this. I'll get your your thoughts on this. Um I, they were, you know, really up until the playoffs. I was thinking to myself, there's no way you resign Shaq Barrett for 16, 17, 18 million dollars no. because while he, I believe he led the NFL in pressures with 77, his sack numbers were down more than half from what he had last year, obviously 19 and a half in 2019. Um, but I was thinking there's no way, but boy, he really showed what he could do in the playoffs and how important it is to have that edge rusher. Problem is, if you do let the guy walk or even let him get out there in free agency, run the risk of losing him, there's not anybody behind him. Anthony Nelson, anybody scared of Anthony Nelson? great kid maybe hey, he developed
2: cam
1: gill had cam yeah, gill disrespecting had a in the super, bowl super bowl
2: sack getter cam
1: yeah. gill
0: yeah and that's the problem is i mean i but think he's before unproven this season. i mean he's unproven at least shack yeah. had a few years in denver right i mean he had a resume you're talking about yeah. anthony nelson and cam gill they just don't have resumes there's no, no production on that resume. Agree. and
2: anthony nelson is really i mean from what we've seen he's just a guy
0: And I think that Shaq came in and had
2: 19 and a half sacks and set the franchise record, and everybody said lock him up, and that would have been the dumbest thing the Bucs could have ever done because they're going to pay him top three uh, edge rusher money if they sign him last offseason, especially with Rosenhaus as his agent. It's not like he's going to go out there and say, yeah, I'll go you know, play for half price coming off 19 and a half sacks. I said it last year. I said it's the dumbest thing they could do because you're paying a guy who's in his, what, sixth or seventh season now who's had one year as a starter, elite money. And granted, like you said, for much of the year, Shaq Barrett was a good player. I think he's a, I think he's an above-average edge rusher, and I think there's a lot of value in that in the NFL, especially when you look at what they have behind him in Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill and Pat O'Connor. But the hardest thing – I think the hardest pill to swallow for the Bucs if they lose him is not just losing what Shaq brings – It's trying to find, okay, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Because it's not just Shaq Barrett. I mean, Jason Pierre Paul is getting older. So all of a sudden, in the next year or two, you're going to be replacing two edge rushers. Mm. And it's just so hard to do that in this league. It's so hard. It's like left tackle. Look how
0: long it took the Buccaneers to find these two guys, right? I mean, let's go back to the Daquan Bowers days and the Adrian Claiborne days. And, you know, I mean, there were guys that were signing off the street. Back, uh, you know, in 2013, Johnson. 14, 15, 16, that, you know, people never even heard of and, and they're signing him off the street. And the next thing you know, they're in the game. Noah Spence is getting drafted and, and you know, and it's just yeah. so hard to find quality guys. And so when you've got one on the roster and an opportunity to keep him, you've got to figure out a way to do that if you're Jason Light.
1: Yeah, I, remember Jason Pierre Paul was the first Bucks defender to get double digit sacks since Simeon Rice did it over a yes. decade ago. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Bucs went through a ton of pass rushers. I just it's funny. I kind of think of remember when the when the parade happened and Shaq gets on stage and he's like, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. I could just picture Rosenhaus slamming the table like yeah. damn it, like you're right. ruining all my negotiating tactics right, right now. Yeah. Um, and to go back to what you said, Mark, about that uh, Shaq Barrett turned it on the, later in the in the regular season. I would even say that Shaq's – I don't want to say coming out party because last season was his coming out party. But when we really were like, oh, Shaq is back, was the NFC Championship game when he had, uh, yeah, when yeah. He had the three sacks against sets. Green Bay. And then, obviously, yeah. he went wild in the Super Bowl as well. Now, those were the two games where Vita Vea came back. I'm not saying that's directly uh, – you know, affiliated on the same line of Vita Vea comes back it, and all of a sudden Jack it, did, it, it didn't hurt That's for sure. that, you know, we wanted to see. And, um, yeah, so
0: it's I mean, and, because, you go, I'm sorry, ahead. I was just going to say, you 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 talk about that. That's a great point about the Vita Vea thing. And it's been made before, but I don't think it could be underestimated. Vita Vea helped everybody on that defensive line. Oh, massive. We all love Nacho. We all love Steve McLendon. He did great uh, in his role, but Vita Veya is such a unique football player. And that's why I was banging the table for the Buccaneers to not draft Derwin James <laughs> <laughs> as Just we all know straight face. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you don't need a safety. What you need is this, this amazing, uh, nose tackle in Vita Vea. Okay. We all know that wasn't true, but, um, again, Reason six hundred and forty-four. I'm not a general manager in the NFL because I would have taken Duran James, and that's not to say Duran James wouldn't have been an impactful player for this football team. But, but, uh, but I, I, I've I I was really sleeping on Vita vea because um, he's been everything the Buccaneers have asked and more. And here's the thing, guys: there's more left for him to learn. He's still got a ceiling, and he's not even. I don't think he's he's anywhere near where he can be as a football player when he when he when he finally figures out how damn dominating he could be Shaq Barrett while he can get a ton of money to go to Jacksonville and a couple of these other teams that have a lot of money the, the Jets or another team um, that could spend some money um, you have to look if you're a football player who are my teammates who are the other three or four guys um, you know or, or you know however yeah. you whatever kind of front you have who are these other guys that I'm going to be lining up against because we saw without Vitavea, Shaq Barrett put up pedestrian numbers again you can't discount pressures, but I'm like Scott Reynolds when it comes to this. Pressure is all well and good, but getting a guy on his ass is what it's all about in in, in my terms. I and mean, you get a guy down, I mean that's demoralizing to an offensive line and to an offense. Pressure, a lot of people don't even really notice that. Okay, it's an incomplete pass or the guy had to check it down. But when you take a guy down, I mean that just lifts both Offensively and defensively, both those units that get them fired up. I mean, you need guys to get sacks. Pressures are great, uh, but sacks are, sacks are golden. And I hope that, um, you know, when Shaq Barrett looks at some of the money that may get thrown his way if the Buccaneers don't get a chance to get him re signed before free agency opens, that he does keep that in mind. Because, um, again, and I think that another
2: to... thing is that when you, if you, if you, sorry to cut you off, but if no, you go and if you say that Shaq is pedestrian without Vita Vea, I think. Okay, well, what is somebody else who's worse than Shaq without Vitavea? You don't expect Vitavea to be hurt for nine or ten weeks next season. You right. hope. I mean, anything can happen, but you hope that he's going to be healthy for a majority, if not all, of the season. And if Shaq is great with Vitavea in the lineup and you expect Vitavea to be in the lineup, then you've got yourself a great edge rusher. Exactly. Now, I know, obviously, you don't want to pay him $20 million a year, yeah. but... If you can afford him, you bring him back because he is a he is an above average edge defender. He's not top five, but he's pretty good. And that's hard to find.
0: Yeah, and, 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 uh, and I was go, I'm sorry, Matt. Let me let me just say this. I mean, yeah. when you're talking about Vitavea helping protect Shaq Barrett, essentially, right? I mean, that's what he's doing. He made Shaq yeah. Barrett better. You know, we've got to think about our protection, guys. And you know why? Because hurricane season is coming nice. up very soon. Hurricane season. Is has been devastating the last few years in the the country. Luckily, here in the Tampa Bay area, we've dodged some bullets, but we've had some residual storms or some residual effects from storms that you want to make sure that you're protected. I am protected by Briar Greaves. They handle my homeowner's insurance. Guess what? I had a claim from a no-name windstorm back in December that took a tree down on an exterior building that I had. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make the claim Briar Reeves. He and I were talking one day. He said, why don't you have an adjuster come out and take a look at it ended up. There was a lot more structural damage than I had any idea there. And it was actually a dangerous situation because there was electric and water also hooked to that building. And if it comes down, who knows what happens? Certainly a fire could easily happen. So we ended up filing the claim. It was simple. Briar got me in touch with the right person, filled out the form online. The the adjuster was out a couple days later, and within 10 days, I received a check in the mail to cover exactly what I need to replace this building. So if you have property, if you drive an automobile, if you have a life, then you need insurance. If you rent, you need insurance. No one listening right now. Not a single person listening to this right now doesn't need some form of insurance. We need you to go to our sponsors. We need you to go to briargreaves.com. We need you to give them a call. Give Sam, give Briar a call um, at, at your convenience. But let them know you heard about it on the Pewter Report podcast. And even if you've got coverage or you feel like you've got coverage, Why not have Briar or Sam take a look at what you currently have and see if they can save you money? Because you're going to feel really, really dumb if you've been overpaying for your homeowner's insurance by, I don't know, $500, $1,000 a year for the last five years. Think about the money that you could save. And you know what? Briar and Sam, they're good guys. If they can't help you, if they can't save any money, they're going to tell you straight up, you know what? You're okay with your current carrier. I wouldn't rock the boat. Stay where you are. That's the kind of guys they are. Big Buccaneer fans. Briar Greaves, located in, in Tampa off of Henderson. Uh, I will give you the phone number in just a second. I should be a little bit more prepared for that. Um, but anyway, I've got it right here now. Anyway, give them a call. Area code 813. 813- and even if you um you know have got everything taken care of on your personal lines they handle commercial too if you own a business you've got to be protected for your liability for your employees and things like that briar Greaves, there's not a type of insurance they can't handle for you and they're licensed to do business all over give them a call 813 876 4166. Do it. Do it now. Well, in about 15 minutes when this podcast is over. Anyway, that's it. No more, no more reads. We, we can just talk football for the last few minutes. Actually, no. Here, go guys. to
2: it. Go do it now. So you have to go and re listen to the podcast to catch the last few minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then Actually. we get,
0: you know, double downloads. Yeah. I like that. Or, or double views. I had a question up real quick uh, earlier. And, and here it is. I'm going to put it back up now. Um, this is something that's disturbing to me. This is disturbing, Mike Garafalo. I call him Garafalo, but that's not how you say his name. Garafolo. Uh, Garofalo. 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 Mike Garafalo, Janine's brother—just kidding—they're not related—says the sense around the league is Levante David signs elsewhere. Elsewhere, and we heard the reports by, um, I think it was um, uh, in Cleveland with Mary Jo, uh, who reported that the the Browns have a strong interest in bringing Levante David in. I've I've said to myself of all the free agents, this is the guy that there's no way the Glazers let him walk out of the building. Uh, he has to retire as a Buccaneer. But these rumblings are coming from somewhere. There's going to be strong interest for Levante David out there. And the Buccaneers, they may have a decision to make, guys. And um, that decision is, you know, we can pay him, you know, 10, 11, maybe 12 million. But if a team throws 16, 17, 18 million dollars at the guy, what do you do, man, if you're Jason Light at that point? And what do you do if you're Levante David? I mean, it's hard. I mean, if you're talking one or two million dollars, that's still a lot of yeah. money, especially to yeah. the three of us, but uh, even to an NFL player. Um, but but I mean, if you're throwing an extra five or six million dollars guaranteed over two or three years, and so that turns into an extra twenty million dollars, um that would be hard to walk away from, even if you had to leave Tampa Bay, even though it's been where you've played all along. But uh, what, do you, what do you do if you're the Buccaneers? Is this another Quan Alexander situation the Buccaneers might be facing? It's really tough. Go ahead, Matt.
1: I was going to say, um, well, we, we had that PR roundtable last Saturday where uh, we said, like, which free agent was most important. And I picked Levante David because Levante David is one of those. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't pick
0: Ryan Stuckup?
1: I did not pick Ryan Stuckup. You Sucka. didn't? Cross cross my, my mind, but uh, no
0: Cyril Grayson.
1: He uh, he just missed the cut. It was like it was close. David, Chris Godwin, Cyril Grayson. It was like yeah. it was very you know, he he won the bronze medal if this if, if this was the Olympics. But,
0: <laughs> by the way, spoiler alert if you haven't read the article, Scott Reynolds pick Ryan suck up. But anyway, go ahead. Read the article, the, he makes a good point. But uh,
1: Yeah, anyway. read the article while listening to this podcast. You can multitask. And calling Briar Greaves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe
0: you have a fat maybe.
2: and throwing fat donations in the super chat,
0: and don't forget exactly. to chug a Celsius while you do it.
2: Right.
1: So quadruple and all, right, uh,
2: all bases covered.
1: Yeah. And you, what, you what's answer Later. Quintuple. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. All right. Quintuple tasking. Yeah. But anyway, when you look at Levante David, that is just a guy that you think he is a Bucks lifer. This guy, yeah. will only play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If there it has is to be a, though, if there's an alternate universe of where. Levante David is playing for another NFL team that isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not want to be a part of that universe. It's yeah. just like – and I understand what you're saying. Like if a team throws out $17 million, you you have to take it at that point. It's just not believable. It's just – it's unthinkable that Levante David will play anywhere else. And you know what? I I don't envy – Jason Light and and the ownership for having to make a decision like that. Cause I, it's different than Quan because like Levante has been there for so long and yeah, it, it's, it's tough too. Cause he and well, Levante's Levante,
2: better than Quan. Well, yeah, like
1: by a lot. And to go back to the parade again, Levante brought up himself. Like I was on a two win team. I was on all these bad teams. I thought about leaving, but I stayed and then it paid off. And it's, and it's like an interesting situation because, at the end of the day, it's a business, and you got to negotiate. So Levante will say, "Oh, well, I was with it through the hard times." And in a perfect world, yes, you would want to reward a guy for like staying with the team through the hard times, and then they, you know, they win the Super Bowl like they did. But it's it we don't live in a perfect world, and the Bucks might be like, "Well, you know, we got to start thinking about our future." It's a situation that I, I would hate to be in if I'm Jason Light. Yeah, I agree. Well, and it's and, another and,
2: tough and... thing because I mean he's 31 years old, and he was really good this season i mean i would go as far i know devin white is getting all the attention because he came in and he's new and he's young and he runs a four four some odd 40 and the bucks won the super bowl i think he was better than it had nine sacks i think he was better as an off-ball linebacker i think he was better than devin white there was a point where john was writing devin white has his best when he's just blitzing and he's a liability in coverage which he is from what he was for most of the season i'm not saying a lot of that won't improve But, like, Levante David is still one of your best players. It's like a Jason Pierre-Paul situation where it's like he's getting older. He's on the tail end of his career. Do you want to be paying exorbitant amounts of money for him with a contract that's going to pay him through 34, through 35 years old? But at the same time, if you lose him, now you have to replace him. What do the Bucs do next year? You're going to run Jack Cicci out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, no, that, no offense, not itchy, but we always get hurt. So. Guess
0: yeah. what? Guess what? If, if you lose Levante David, and and Kevin Mentor is also a free agent, um, now all of a sudden linebacker becomes a huge, huge need in huge the offseason, level. particularly in the draft. And and again, John and and Scott can talk a little bit more, uh, with more authority on the draft crop of linebackers this year. Um, But you're not going to find a Levante David, a guy that's going to be able to step in and do what Levante David did um, in the draft this year, not when you're picking number nope. 32. Um, so I think, I, I think, you know, that that would be a huge, huge weakness if Levante David were to walk from this football team. Uh, somebody asked Mike uh, Gizzy says, how is it that JJ Watt can sign a deal when free agent hasn't even started yet? Well, he was released um, by the, the Texans. And so technically he becomes a free agent when he cleared waivers. I think that's how it worked. Uh, anyway, they agreed to, to terminate whatever the contract was. So, A little bit different in that situation. Um, How surprised, and I know that Scott and John talked about this on Monday, uh, but how surprised were you guys with the money that he got and the fact that he signed with Arizona of all teams? I'm not extremely surprised with the money he
2: got. I think that even last year on a really, really bad defense, he was good. Um, and like we've been talking about all day, edge rushing is a premium position. He's a three-time player of the year. I don't think he's over the hill. I think he has a little bit of an injury history, but when he's on the field and when he's healthy, he's still, I mean, wreaking havoc, he's variable. You can put him outside. You can move him interior where he's arguably his best. Vance Joseph, who's a defensive coordinator in Arizona now, was an assistant back in JJ Watt, one of his best years. I forgot if it was second year, third year. So a lot of things fit well. I just thought that he wanted to go to a contender. And that's what surprised me the most. I'm not saying the Cardinals aren't a good team because I know that's what Twitter does. They say, oh, if I say, oh, they're not a contender, it means they're not good. They're good. They're an 8-8 and team. Maybe a 9-7 and team could just as easily be a 7-9 and team. But they're not a team that I'm expecting, especially in that division. If the Seahawks keep Russ, they're probably still above the Cardinals. The Rams have gotten better. They're still above the Cardinals. The 49ers, if they're healthy, are probably still above the Cardinals. The Cardinals could be a good team and still land last in one of the best divisions in football i don't think they're going to be making a run at a super bowl in the next two seasons not seeing they not, might not be there the next
0: five yeah and, and, and certainly the- they're not going to do it just because they added jj watt to the mix i mean here's a guy that it, yeah. again he's he's probably better than his stats showed last year i think he had five sacks last year um and they're talking about teaming him up with Chandler, uh, Chandler Jones and this amazing combo, um, and, and they will make each other better if Chandler Jones is healthy this year. I think he only played in in a couple games last year, just had one sack. Of course, he you know really has been a dominant guy the few years before that. Um, but uh, You can't but tell I mean, me that a better-suited team
2: wasn't willing. Because I, I heard the Cardinals, the rumor was they weren't even offering him the highest offer. So it wasn't even just, oh, they gave me the biggest paycheck and I win. Wow. I think they were second or third if the rumor is true in money offered. So I guess maybe that was kind of that mix of there, the, there, they could be competitive if things fall right. And they gave me a certain number, you know, a certain amount, but right. I heard 14 million was the the money.
1: Doesn't surprise me. I think it's more, listen, there's no such thing as like a sure thing in the NFL. We obviously know any given Sunday, but like, I really thought Buffalo would have been such a good place for JJ Watt. Buffalo, green Bay, Tampa, yeah, so I thought Tampa. Buffalo and Green Bay would be the two good ones because Buffalo, yeah. like, they're clearly the favorite in the AFC East, and the, the second-best team in the AFC East still there's, – there's a gap between those two. And, like, Wisconsin uh, – Green Bay would make – Even Cleveland. Sense. He's a Wisconsin guy, you know. Money. And obviously they just Nathan, went to two straight NFC championship games. Nathan Elliott says, Can we bring the discussion
0: back to the Bucks? Well, in a about right. way that it is, because we're talking about free agency, the money that people are getting, and, and the money that JJ Watt gets is going to affect the money that Shaq Barrett gets. If JJ Watt with five sacks is commanding sixteen million dollars a year, you know, what is Shaq Barrett going to command when he gets out on the open market? Certainly more than JJ Watt. I mean, JJ Watt. Probably some of that money was earned on reputation versus production. But um, you know, situational-wise, he's going to be in a good position, I think, in Arizona. Um, but Shaq Barrett uh, loved that, right? Drew Rosenhaus loved to see the money that J.J. Yeah. Watt got, because that just increases the the um, the, the money that, that Shaq Barrett is going to get, either from the Buccaneers or another football team. Uh, the Red Pearl earlier said um, that Levante David takes priority over Goblin and definitely Barrett. Um, you know, Godwin is a guy that I keep saying is such a crucial part of this offense. And I think we've got to read kind of between the lines of what Bruce Arian said when we had him and Jason Light on last week um, about Chris Godwin. I mean, he was fawning all over him, and not like, you know, he's just a great player. You know, a lot of things. He talked about the unique things that Chris Godwin does. There's not another receiver on this roster. I heard somebody say, well, Adam Humphreys got cut by Tennessee. Bring him back and he can be Chris Godwin. Absolutely not. I mean, no. beside the fact that the, the, the Titans paid a ton of money for Adam Humphreys that the Buccaneers weren't able to afford, um, he would not have fit that role that Chris Godwin does because he's not physical enough to play inside in the slot. Um, that That guy... That that and the, the 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 things that Godwin is is required to do um, are very unselfish things from a receiver. I mean, he could be a guy that screams, "No, I don't, don't want to get dirty. I don't I don't want to get dirty here. Uh, I just want to play on the outside." He's willing to play all over the field, and particularly in the slot. And that's a crucial position for this Buccaneer offense and a Bruce Arians offense. Not everybody can just step into that role. People say, "Oh, there's Scotty Miller," but again, Scotty Miller is not going to fill the chris godwin role he might fill the ab role if ab walks which i'm I'm thinking is probably going to happen but uh he's not going to scotty miller is what the
2: bucks wanted deshaun jackson to be he is essentially he's i mean he's got one role like he does that role really well but like he runs nine routes that's what he does he might make a play on a few things chris godwin i mean I don't want to disrespect Mike Evans. He's obviously phenomenal. First player with 7,000-yard season to start his career. But Chris Godwin could make a very good case for the best wide receiver on this team. I know people are going to disagree with me, but Chris Godwin is really good. He's really versatile. He does a lot of things. He dropped more balls in the playoffs, I know, than he ever has in a season in his career. But, right. I, mean, outside, but I mean, that's a couple games. We can't hold anything. I mean, you can hold it against him all you want, but it doesn't make him any less of a player over the last three years, four years, Chris Godwin is a number one on a lot of teams. Yeah, he's would, a lot of Oh, teams. he's
1: he's absolutely a number one receiver on a lot of NFL teams in this league. I would go as far to say as well, too, that Chris Godwin is the most consistent receiver that the Bucks have. He's just a yes, local. he's the like, chain mover already, on this team. You can already breaking. pencil him in for like five catches and 75 yards on like a pedestrian game. And I think obviously Godwin should be back. It's very important he that he is back for this team. If I were going to argue the other side, and all I'm going to say is I my stance is Chris Godwin should be back. He pretty much needs to be back. But if I was going to play devil's advocate and argue for the other side, I would say that you can look at the Super Bowl. Mike Evans, he drew like a thousand penalties, yeah. but he had one catch one in catch. the game. Yep. Godwin Chris- had two receptions for like five or ten yards. So the Bucks just have so many weapons. As long as they have Tom Brady, they have so yeah. many weapons and good players that Brady can d- distribute the ball to. That if they had to pay money to other guys like Shaq Barrett, like and Sue, and there just wasn't enough money left for a guy like Chris Godwin, that the Bucks would be able to get around it. I and don't it's know. It's not really like you're leaving the team without a number one running.
2: receiver. You still yeah, have a Mike have, Evans You had yeah, 10 exactly. 11 touchdowns this year. It's like you're losing a really really important piece and I've said it a million times this season. Mike Evans is probably the best wide receiver on this team, but Chris Godwin is going to be the most consistent guy like you said, Matt. He's the guy that moves him down the field. He's the guy that keeps things going. He's uh, you know we saw Cam Brate make the you know some nice third down catches, some important ones. Scotty Miller had a great one in the playoffs, Tyler Johnson, but Godwin is the the perfect go-to guy for Tom Brady in this offense, and he's a guy that keeps, but again, if you have to lose him, it's not like the Bucs just aren't going to add another wide receiver. It's not like they're going to be stuck with Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller behind Mike Evans, but like, you already have a number one.
0: So it wouldn't be
2: catastrophic if you lose him, but it it would be a huge hit
0: because you're obviously losing
2: an extremely talented player.
0: I mean, great point about the Super Bowl, and, and it's been brought up a little bit before on Twitter. I saw it. You know, if, if somebody would have told you Mike Evans has one catch, Chris Godwin has two catches, and the Buccaneers scored 31 points, you would have said you're crazy, right, against the Chiefs. But yeah. that's exactly what they did, and that just proves how good of an offense this was. Obviously, the defense was was key, and if you want to take a look at it, I, I've I've been one of those guys that grew up as a defensive-minded guy, um, played more defense, you know, in, in my – uh very poor playing days at plant city high school pinecrest baby pinecrest baby uh with pinecrest you played both ways and special teams because we only had about 13 guys on the whole team so (laughs) and if your dad's the coach you weren't coming off the field for anything so um but but my point is is i've kind of shifted that you know you know you can just score enough points to outscore teams uh the buccaneers really proved that theory a little Mm -hmm. bit wrong this year the defense still wins championships because uh you know to hold nine points um, you know, hold the Chiefs to nine points. I, I'm still. That's probably the most b- baffling thing when I think about this entire year is that the Buccaneers held Patrick Mahomes and this that Chiefs offense to nine points in the Super Bowl. Just tremendous. And I've watched the game a couple of times since then. The TV broadcast. I was in the stadium and saw it firsthand. Um, I've seen all the little recap things. By the way, uh, if you haven't seen it, Showtime. If you don't have Showtime. Um their program, their weekly program, what's it called? This is the NFL or this is full I don't Inside know. What it's the called. Inside okay, the NFL. Inside no. the NFL. Um they've put that segment out that you normally pay for, uh, out on YouTube for everybody to see. Uh, and it is a really, really good look and, and to have the host kind of break up and give their discussions. Uh, Michael Irvin gets involved. Um, of course, Phil Sims is there, uh, JB. So it's, it's really a really good hour long program. If you need something tonight to watch and, and, and you need that football fix, I thought it was a really good perspective to see the Showtime crew talk about that. But again, to hold that team to 9 points in. and Ray Lewis is on there and he's like, you know, Ray Lewis is always going to scream defense first. And he's right because he was part of a team that won a Super Bowl because their defense was so good. Dragon Lope says if the Bucs lose David Will Mark Cook cry. I will have moist eyes. I don't know if a tear actually falls. Now, the day that Mike Evans up. leaves, the day that Mike Evans leaves this football team, Mark Cook will cry, whether it's via retirement whether it's, uh, you know, he gets cut, which I don't think that'll ever happen. But the day that Mike Evans leaves, that's the day that Mark Cook will cry. Go on record saying, um, for the current Buccaneers, Mike Evans is Mark Cook's favorite player. Great guy, great football player. Guys, we've almost made uh, 50 minutes. We were going to go kind of short, but uh, we've had some great questions in the chat is there anything else you guys want to throw out there real quick i just want to remind everybody first and foremost please continue to follow us at pewterreport.com where we have uh pre-free agency previews the offensive line is up now also john ledger did the tight ends wide receivers we kind of combine that group uh we've got best bets for that so make sure to check that out on pewterreport.com behind enemy lines where i take a look at all of the nfc south opponents what they're doing of the buccaneers Uh, that article will be going up here shortly so eat dinner click on it read the article we've got tons of other great stuff we've already had this week uh, we'll have more great stuff throughout the week and we want to thank you guys not just for the numbers that we're putting up on this podcast but our web traffic has just been through the roof I and mean, we are just so far ahead of last year's pace which last year was a record-setting time if if you own a business if you work for a business and you'd like exposure i'm talking about millions of impressions every single month give us a call email us at pewterreport.com. Scott, John, myself, Matt, Taylor, it doesn't matter. Any of us will help you out because, um, you know, we can get you exposure. We've got the numbers, the Google analytics to prove it. And just for a fraction of what it costs for traditional advertising. So make sure, even if you don't own the business, maybe you work for a company, go to your boss and say, Hey, have Mark, give you a call. Let Mark come by and, and, and show you some information. Let's do that because, um, you know, COVID has hit us fairly hard. We're recovering. Slowly but surely, like the rest of the state of Florida. Um, But we need that boost, that kick in the pants, and you guys can help us out with that. So we certainly would appreciate that. Uh, and again, get in touch with Scott, myself, John, Matt, Taylor. It doesn't matter whoever you like the best. Throw us some business, and, uh, Do we? and we'll hook, we'll hook you up, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what: if you if I get a deal because you refer it, anybody out there, you will get a case of Celsius, your choice of flavors, man. I'm just going to throw that out there right now, and I'm pretty sure Matt, Taylor, Scott, and John would say the same thing too. And and if you get Taylor a gig, you can babysit his cat for a night. You can babysit Dewey one Dewey. night only. Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. That's my favorite law firm from the Three Stooges. Anyway, we call him Dewey um, Lewis in the news. <laughs> All right, Matt, anything else? Is that it for you? Were you good?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I was just clicking on some comments that uh, other people had. Not really questions, but a lot of people defending uh, Mike Evans. So, you know.
0: Hello, who's Courtney? I don't know uh... Mark did you get a new camera Um, I did not get a new camera but what I did is because it's daylight I actually turned the light off in the room and just opened up the window to see if maybe that would help a little bit um, as well and I you know I I wiped the tobacco juice off of the the camera every once in a while I got to do that too because I tend to slobber when I'm when I'm talking but uh, but thank you Courtney for for noticing that I don't know if that's a good thing if we see me more clearly Um, but anyway um, anyway guys I appreciate it Matt uh, Taylor Dewey Mark for the suspended Scott and John will be back tomorrow at four o'clock with another edition of the pewter report podcast out 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 deuces Tyree Hill
1: suck it.